I will take what is mine with and blood. Welcome to the Make Westeros Great Again podcast, the greatest podcast that ever was or will be, the podcast that will mount the world. We are the drowned god, we are the storm, our podcast prefers being an only child, and we are here to cover HBO's Game of Thrones, and most importantly, we are here to make Westeros great again. My name is Kevin of House Pizza Hut. And my name is Andrew of House Laramie Tunsil. Okay, Kevin, let's talk about episode two, entitled Home. Jon Snow back wearing that 4-5, wearing that Jordan Bulls jersey. 45, 45. jersey. Uh, so so Jon Snow's alive. Yay. He's alive. That's- we knew, and everyone else knew. They had to maintain this charade, and I, I'm not a fan of the people of they lied to us. They, they, the producers <laughs> lied to us. How, how dare they? Let them tell their story. And it, yeah. I think it's a good good part of the story. I'm mean, surprised it only lasted, what, two two or two episodes total. That's right. The uh, uh, episode one so, and two pays from the Westgate Westeros. The favorite uh, pays. Episode one and two pays. But I'm going to go out on a limb here. I am not one to put myself in league with or support or uh, champion the plight of the book reader, even though I am one, but I am going to champion the plight of the book reader. And as opposed to the show watcher, and I'm totally going to say, Hey, book watcher or or show watchers are way better. I mean, book readers are way better than, than show watchers. I can't even talk about it. It gives me that. (laughs) Uh, worked up but i'm gonna say the book readers have been waiting around for the answer to this question for like five years rough we 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 didn't know how this was gonna end up and you poor tv watchers right it's only been 10 and a half months so you know just know that you had it a little bit better than us yep when we read the books we had to walk uphill both ways uh, but so Jon Snow is alive. That's the biggest thing coming in the episode. The other thing we wanted to talk about before we get into the episode is we want to talk about our buddy Dan. Dan, you know what? So here we are right after the episode gets over. Everyone is super excited. Obviously you take to Twitter. Obviously that's the first thing you do. You start tweeting about Jon Snow. You start tweeting about the episode. Rah, 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 rah. And you and I get this group text from Dan and Dan says, wow, guys, spoiler alert. And we're like, whoa, wait, wait, what? He's like, spoiler alert on Twitter. No, no, no. That's not how that works. Let's get one thing straight about how this works in modern day, especially on Twitter. And as we treat it, I think that everyone else should treat it like this on this podcast is that Game of Thrones is a sport. Right. You can't expect someone to say, hey, don't tell me the score of the Warriors game. You've got to go out of your own way. To keep from doing it that. Is Please don't burden. go on Twitter. Don't go on the internet. Don't do anything. If you would have went outside last night, I bet in some places there would have been a plane with a banner that said Jon Snow lives on the banner. <laughs> it's that big of a deal. So this is like a sport. I'm not going to say, hey, uh, the uh, Broncos. I'm not going to tell you the score of the Broncos. <laughs> it P- makes Panthers, no sense. Super Bowl. Super he, Bowl game. I'm not, he, I'm not here's, here's the only way you can do that, all right? If you are not going to watch the show and you want to remain spoiler free, you literally have to turn off all your electronics and like go back to the Stone Age, stay in a room by yourself, do not go outside, do not do any of that stuff. Because the second you log on on Twitter, you might as well just sign it away because you're going to find something out, especially after something monumental in the show happens. Everyone is talking about it. It was trending number one on Twitter. Jon Snow, Jon Snow everywhere. Come on now. It's your okay, fault. So just, just to end on that, sorry, not sorry, Dan. Not sorry. All right, and before we, uh, last thing I want to talk about, best episode since, Oof. what do you think? Hard Home? Hard Home was yeah, good. Hard Home wasn't that long ago, but, I mean, this probably goes up into what, a top five This is five a top episode? three or four for me. Hard, I think Hard Home's better, but not by much. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, Blackwater is one of my favorites. Uh, this is, phew, man, this is up there. This is it's probably two or three for me. This is a great episode. So much okay, happened. So, so much happened. We have a lot to talk about. Let's preview what we're going to do. We're going to start off with some wildfire hot takes. Yes. Of course. 
Uh, we're going to do some power rankings of the worst deaths in Game of Thrones. That's Ugh. kind of inspired by uh, Ramsey Bolton's dog uh, dog training deaths. Rough. That was rough. Uh, we're going to do rough. a game. I, got, I prepared a game for Kevin, for Kevin to play and for you all to play at home called Step Your Game Up. And this is a basketball-related game. So if you're into the NBA playoffs right now, you're definitely going to want to stick around for that. And we will close off with... Um, a book of brothers and the it is known prediction segment. Um, but let's just get started and let's do some wildfire hot takes. Wildfire. Stand clear. Stand clear. All right, Andrew, we're looking at the box score here because we got to know the MVP of the episode. We see Tormund had one kill. One, one, the giant had a pretty awesome kill. Robert Strong also had one pretty awesome kill. You're on Greyjoy. You know what? There were lots of awesome kills. You're on Greyjoy had a pretty awesome kill. But then we see Ramsey Bolton, Andrew, with three kills in this episode. And even though two of those were not technically him, like, how does that work? It was the dogs, but it was sort of his, like, direction. You give them to him. Yeah, you give it to him. I mean, you don't give Danny the kills for Drogon's... Uh... Well, okay. Actually, we need to we need to parse this out here. I think you give Drogon the kills, okay. but it has to have a name, or they have to be like a character. Like the dragons are characters. The dogs, nameless dogs. Who so cares? ghost, they're just they're kennel dogs. Ghost would get its own thing. Jon okay. Snow would not get. I like killed. that. I think that's fair. All right, okay. good to know. Now that everyone's on the same page, yes, we are. In terms are. of how we're classifying sports statistics to game of thrones everyone's on the same page ramsey gold gets three so let's talk about the mvp of the episode the criteria is whatever you want it to be who did the most to advance their cause who was the most badass or just because i'll give you a couple candidates and i want you to pick kevin or pick someone else not from this list but i'm going to give you a couple who i think are most likely to get it first one 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 the giant had a ragdoll kill we're going to discuss that a little bit more in depth later, but uh, that may be enough to get him uh, MVP of the episode. Awesome. Just that one, one little thing. Uh, Melisandra, her blood magic worked. Yes. Uh, she did resurrect the most important character in the TV show, and it resolved the mystery that's been uh, plaguing book readers and show only watchers for a long time. So that's, that's a bold th- statement. The most important, move. most important character in the in the show. Uh, I'm going to stick by that. Okay. I'm going to stick by that. I'm I'm Uh, not like, yeah, go ahead. uh, The next one, Jon Snow, not dead. Not dead. Not dead. He didn't do much. All he did was take a breath and open his eyes. That's all he did. But, you know, it may be enough for him to be considered MVP. (laughs) And, I I mean, bear with me here. Okay. You bear with me. I'm going to say that Ramsey Bolton is a candidate for MVP. Yeah. I mean, just because... We don't like what he did. Doesn't mean he can't be MVP. No, I think you're right. I mean, he's Let's got go. the he's got the kills to back it up. He's got the stats, the saber he's metrics. Got the stats. He's got the saber metrics. He's got the stats. They say that you know he became the uh, liege lord of the north, warden of the north. Um, he accomplished probably what was the worst death death of the series. We'll go over that later in a little more detail, but. Uh, pretty pretty bold moves by Ramsey Bolton. But, Kevin, who is your MVP? Man, this is tough. I've got to narrow down to two people, and it's either going to be – and it, uh, here, here's who it's not going to be. It's not going to be Jon Snow because all he did was breathe. And he came back, and good for him, but just not quite MVP worthy. Maybe if he had come back a little sooner and quit being such a whiny, like, dead guy asleep and doing something a little bit more interesting, like getting a job – Maybe if he'd have done that, he'd have had MVP. But he was just laying there. 1-1 one, one, uh, is certainly up for MVP status. I don't know if you saw that kill that he went like all Jurassic World on, taking the dude and just ragdolling him. Uh, also, super great timing when he showed up to the to the door and started pounding right in the like perfect time. So you know what? I'm kind of leaning toward 1-1. One, one. It's not Melisandre for me. She was just being a little emo this episode. Not Not... Didn't really do much. She obviously did her little spiel thing, but she didn't even really believe in it. So she's she, not enough swagger. So it was between Ramsey and 1-1, one, one, and 1-1 one, one gets my vote. What about you? Okay. Ramsey gets my vote. Okay. I hate the guy, but he uh, he did the most. I, I think a good villain 
should should win a, a little bit, and he definitely won won that episode. Uh, let's move on and talk about the rookie of the year. So this is a new category. We haven't talked about this category much on the podcast because we haven't had any new characters, and that is the qualification to be uh, the rookie of the year, of course. And so the first person we're going to talk about is the three-eyed raven. Now, I understand that he was in season four, but let's like baseball, he still qualifies because we're going to consider him to have less than 130 at-bats or, you know, less than five minutes. <laughs> Uh, whatever the equivalent is of 130 at bats is kind of like a September call up yeah. uh, in baseball. Uh, so I'm going to say the three eyed Raven is now eligible. Uh, another guy, Euron Greyjoy. Who's that? Okay. I knew you'd struggle with <laughs> Euron Greyjoy. Euron Greyjoy is the dude who was on the bridge. Yeah. I got, I got Deon's that for it. Who the hell is that guy though? Well, he's, he's just a pirate who, goes around and sails around and, and pillages and gets his ships and he steals gold from other ships and he goes to villages and he gets some booty and then he gets some booty. Uh-huh. So you're on great joy. Kind of a crazy guy. Uh, I think his craziness may make him a good candidate for rookie of the year. So I think the three eyed Raven and you're on great joy. are going to be the two guys you're going to want to look at for, you know, maybe winning that award at the end of the season. Okay. Okay. Uh, two other ones we got to talk about just for completeness sake. Lyanna Stark, new character to the show, but I don't think she qualifies. Why? Why not? She, she, died, she died a long time ago. Bran saw her just in a flashback. Oh, yeah. It right, kind right. of be like it'd be like watching uh, a VHS tape of Dominique Wilkins like today, like <laughs> from 1989, and then being like, mm, that dude should be MVP. Do you see his dunks? Those are awesome. But well, they are really, awesome dunks. What if they it, were watching it on a Blu-ray and not a VHS? Does it make a difference? Okay. It doesn't matter. Just want to make so, sure. <laughs> Dominique Wilkins retired a long time ago. Leanna Stark cannot be Rookie of the Year. Uh, just another guy, Harold Karstark. Yes. He was uh, Ramsey's buddy, just chilling. He squatted up with with Ramsey. Now, he, his dad got his head cut off by Rob in right. season two. Uh, so now he's in charge of the Karstarks. He's, you know... Squatting up with the Boltons, I don't think he's really going to do much in terms of winning that award. But two to keep an eye on. You're on Greyjoy, Three-Eyed Raven. Let's move on and talk about the Hall of Fame qualifiers. Let's do it. And the Hall of Fame qualifiers, to, to get into the Hall of Fame, this is as voted on by the Baseball Writers Association of Westeros. Mm-hmm. Of course. Uh, qualifications, you must be dead. Have a couple guys we need to talk about who are now qualified for the Hall of Fame. The first one, Roos Bolton. And I don't think we have another spot in the podcast to talk about this, talk about Roos Bolton, but he needs to have his due. So we're going to do it right here. Roos Bolton died, and a lot of people forgot about that in, in this episode. If he would have died in any other episode, it'd be the biggest thing that happened. Right. But in this one, it's like the fifth biggest thing. Yeah. People kind of... I don't know, man. I think he's definitely a Hall of Fame qualifier here. We really need to consider this one closely because, first of all, he's kind of my guy. I don't know why, but I've kind of always liked Roos. Maybe it was just, I don't know, he's a little sly. And, and, it's the voice. It's the voice, Maybe man. it's the voice and you know, sharp-looking guy. He knows his stuff. He always looks like he's got a plan. Plus, when you compare him to... Uh, to Ramsey, like he's not that bad. Like obviously there's that whole red wedding thing and we can, you know, talk about that if you want to, but like if, if you, if he's standing next to Ramsey, you're like, you know, Roos, pretty good guy. And he tries to put Ramsey in his place, which everybody enjoys. Uh, but yeah, sad to see Roos go. So let's look at the facts here. Dude has been around since season two. Hardly anyone lives that long in this show. True. That's, that's a major accomplishment. Let's look at his other accomplishments. Extinguished House Stark. Like, they're gone. They're not in control anymore. They're not even in Winterfell. Yeah. Uh, he became the Warden of the North through some dealings with Tywin Lannister. You know, something his family had been trying to do for a thousand years. And then he uh, obliterated King Stannis' army. Those are Hall of Fame qualifying I think you're uh, right. accomplishments. I think so you're right. Let's look at Roose Bolton at the end of the year. Uh, it's going to be a strong class. I have a feeling some people are going to die. <laughs> So Roos gonna be uh, t- tough to tough to keep out. Yeah, I think you're right. A uh, couple other guys died qualified. Uh, Balon Greyjoy, 
now hear me out on this one. He's the king of the Iron Islands. Sure. And also, he is the de facto winner of the War of the Five Kings. That's true, but he's also like one and one in his uprisings against the crown, right? Because he had the the whole like rebellion thing that got absolutely brutally knocked back and that was the whole Theon becoming a Stark thing, right? I mean he's he's not Well, he's he not, lost that one. I wouldn't yeah. even consider him to win the other one. Nothing he didn't even do anything. He's just right. chilling. See, he's just like, hey, problem. I'm in this too. Hey, I'm in this too. And then they go and like do some raids on the north. But that's like me doesn't. declaring for the NBA draft. You know, like I'm just here and I'm declaring for it, but I'm not really gonna do anything about it. That's kind of what Balon Greyjoy is. I mean I don't know that he's left the castle. I don't know anything about his like past. Does, does he do anything? Is he like a no. legendary guy in any like respect at all? No. Okay. Well, let's move on then. Cause he is not getting in my hall of fame, <laughs> but I'm just saying of the war of the five Kings, he is the only King left of those five people. Good point. I don't think that, I don't think that gets him in, but it's, it's something there. It is uh, something. other people, other people who died. Walda Frey. Sorry, Walda. Sorry, Walda. Not Bummer. getting in. Yeah, sad story. Not getting in. Uh, and then the other thing, I, I want to talk about one guy who you have deemed Polly Shore of Gin Alley. Yes. He is the kind of comedian guy telling the jokes about Cersei. Um, he won't get in. No, we no. know he's not going to get in. He knows it. But I think he deserves some kind of special recognition. I agree. I don't know, like, I don't know, like a Teen Choice Award or a VMA or something. Can we? Maybe just a Lifetime Achievement (laughs) Award from the MTV Movie Awards. VMAs. There you go. Just like a Golden Moon Man. I like it. He deserves that. He was, he he had a small but very pitiful, pivotal role. Let me try that again. Uh, It was pitiful too, but also pivotal, uh, even though, you know, he kind of went out, (laughs) went out in a rough way. Yeah. So. You know, Polly Shore, Janelli, congratulations. You get a fake moon man from the Make Westeros Great Again podcast. Yes, sir. Okay, Kevin, we've got some questions that we have to get answered. Uh, this is not going to be a recap, but it's going to kind of take us through everything uh, with some important questions we need to know. Number one, this has nothing to do with what happened in the show, but it's something that I have to know before we go any further. And this is very important. Are you listening? I'm listening. The question is, where the F is Littlefinger? That's a great question. We haven't seen him in, like, how many episodes? Like, five or okay. six episodes? Right. So the last time Little, Littlefinger was gone for this long, we found out that he poisoned the king. You know, he killed the king. He was gone for six episodes at that point. We hadn't seen him for six episodes. He comes back. We learn that he picks up Sansa. We learn that he kill, he kills Joffrey. This is in season four. Now, fast forward a little bit. He's been gone for five episodes now. And you know he's just not sitting at home catching up on Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah. He's making deals. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they've got direct TV with HBO there in the veil. And I'm sure they've probably got a pretty good TV situation. And Kimmy Schmidt is pretty good, although I'm only into uh, three episodes in season two. That's that's as far uh, as I've got so far. You got to uh, get caught up. The I first <laughs> the first little bit, not great. I mean, it's fine. It's like the good Kimmy Schmidt part. Too much of the uh, Native American stuff, but when he gets the te- <laughs> when he gets the Tina Fey part later too much on, Dothraki, brilliant. Too much Dothraki. <laughs> <laughs> the Tina Fey part later, great, great stuff. All right, well, I'll keep going then. Spoiler alert: a little bit on. Yeah, uh, you're gonna get Kimmy tons Schmidt. of Kimmy Schmidt spoilers on this Game of Thrones podcast. <laughs> Watch so. out! You have to expect it. You have That's to expect right. it. That's right. But All anyway, right. getting back to Littlefinger. You have to expect a shocker reveal is coming up from him, right? He's got to be doing something sneaky, right? It's been too long. I don't know where he is. He's got the ability to travel all over Westeros like at the speed of light. because He seems to be always ending up in new places in a pretty quick manner. But I don't know, man. Where's he been? Is he down south in Dorne or something? Maybe a little power vacuum down there? Is he up north? Where do you think he is? I think he's going north. I think he's, and it's not going to be good for him. Yeah, I don't think so. Now's not a good time to be heading north unless you're like a Stark or something. I mean, that, I don't know, man. It's uh, it, it might be a rough go for Littlefinger up north. I don't know what his odds all are. The squads, the, yeah, all the squads he could squad up with are kind of yeah. not on his side anymore. He doesn't have many people to to play with. That's right. Uh, so we'll see what happens to Littlefinger. We will see. All right, let's move well, on. Yeah, let's go talk about Jon Snow. Biggest okay. part of the episode. Jon Snow is alive. A couple questions I need to know about this. Okay. We know from the show that only death can pay for life. 
It's true. Will someone have to die to uh, make this resurrection whole, or did somebody already die? What What's going to happen? Is there going to be uh, a price that has to be paid? I don't think so for some reason. And here's the reason why. I'm looking around the room. You see Melisandre. Is she really going to, like, fall over and kill over from this? It seemed like she would have already if something would have happened. And you look, I don't know, is Davos going to die? That doesn't make any sense. And I don't, you're just kind of looking around the room. Maybe Ghost is the only thing, potentially. Like there was some weird warg situation there. I don't know. But I'm I'm saying no. I don't think anybody's going to die. Now, I'm not sure he's going to come back the same. And we see that from Beric Dondarrion where, you know, he never comes back fully whole or whatever. And I, I don't know what the answer is going to be, but uh, I don't think anyone's going to keel over. That's just my my two cents. What do you think? So if he doesn't come back whole, you know, is, what's going to be wrong with him? Oof. You know, maybe he becomes a bad guy. Maybe yeah. his like temperament changes. Maybe he changes his accent. That would be know? nice. <laughs> or maybe he opens his mouth and all he can say is Hodor. Hodor. There it is. So maybe that's what happened to Hodor? I don't know. We, we never get it. Now, we'll talk about that here in a second. Yeah. But. Uh, let's just do that right now. We learn that Hodor is actually Willis. Willis. So, uh, but this, he could either, you know, maybe he's resurrected, but I think there's a better explanation. Yeah. I, I don't know. So he, his name was Willis and now it's Hodor. So do you think this was like a, like a Ron Artest, like meta world piece, Chad Ochocinco kind of thing, or did somebody else give him the name? Did he give himself the name Hodor or did somebody else give him the name Hodor? Where, where did this change happen? I think the most likely thing that happened is that he got hit on the head and now he can only say hoarder. That is the most boring answer. That's really I th- boring. I think that's going to be the answer. I think the best answer is he's like a diva wide receiver who <laughs> changes his name or he's like a, like a diva basketball player, like Meta World Peace or Chad Ojo Cinco. Hodor Cinco. Hodor Cinco. So he just like, you know what? I'm just, I'm better than everyone else. I don't have to deal with anybody. I'm just going to say Hodor now. That is a pretty like rich thing to do, you know, or, or like celebrity thing to do where you like Prince, for instance, just gave himself a symbol. Like that's pretty celebrity thing to do. This guy just doesn't acknowledge anything. He just says Hodor, which I kind of like, although I'm not sure he's a wide receiver. He looks like like a pretty good left tackle. Like if he was like next to Michael Orr in the draft and we're on the clock, like I'm probably going to take Hodor over Michael Orr uh, to protect my blind side. Uh, oh yeah. Hodor Cinco. Well, and, and you know, other than quarterbacks, left tackles are probably with the highest paid position. So I think you can still be a diva. You're still getting paid a lot oh, of money. Yeah. So I think that he's just some, you know, getting drafted out of Alabama as a left tackle. You know, I don't want to deal with these people. I'm just going to say Hodor. I think a lot of people think that he's a, kind of an invalid, yeah. and that's why he uh, is it just says Hodor and does what he does. I think it's the exact opposite. I think he's really smart, and he doesn't want to deal with all the dumb people, so he just makes them think that he can only say one word, so they just don't deal with him. I think he's happier that way. Hodor Senko, man. We got it all figured out. Okay, let's let's move on. All right, so we saw the raven, uh, the three-eyed raven guy, and Ebenezer Stark doing their – ghost of Christmas past scene at Winterfell there looking at young Ned Stark. I have a question for you, Andrew. Are we going to see uh, a Christmas future vision coming up soon? Well, I know we're going to see another past with it's, it's a little more in the future, but it's still in the past. It's, it's a little older uh, Ned Stark that takes place during Robert's rebellion. I think that's going to happen next episode uh, as we saw in the trailer spoilers for that. Uh, yeah. But so I think we're going to see another one. In terms of the future, we have seen future flashbacks or flash forwards before uh, when Danny went to the House of the End dying. Who knows if that's real? But I think that like before Bran gets off the tree, Weirwood <laughs> security camera network, uh, we're going to see some future stuff. I think that'd be pretty interesting. Agreed. All right. Uh, the Children of the Forest. So we see... A child of the forest. I don't know what her name is. We'll call her. Leaf. Her name we'll, is Leaf. We'll call her Leaf. Is that really her name or did you just make that up? No, that's like, her name. That that's really her is? name. That's real. Okay. I'm not making that up. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Like, I didn't know if the forest thing was, you were just taking that analogy further, but okay. No, uh, no, I'm not being funny. I'm being like, <laughs> that's what it is. I hate the children of the forest. 
Yeah, so I know you've blocked all this out. That's why you don't know the name. Wildfire hot take. Yeah, so you hate the Children of the Forest, and if the producers of the show are listening to this podcast, which they probably are, I'm just going to say that Kevin only likes the Children of the Forest if they're shooting fireballs. Yeah. So if you have the Children of the Forest in any future episodes, just like add fireballs, and Kevin's going to like it a little bit better. Even if they're just like, hanging out with the fireballs, like juggling fireballs while they're talking like that would be better. We just need the fireballs present. I just don't think I want to hear the extra from the lion King musical, which whatever, I don't know what they were doing with that makeup for leaf, but it wasn't working for me. I did not like it. I don't like the children of the forest. I want them to all go away. I'm not a fan, but there you go. Hot take wildfire, hot take. Uh, Andrew, here was a here was a probably my favorite part of this episode. I had a lot of favorite parts. There were probably four or five favorite parts. Here was one of them. I loved it when Varys was trying to wave off Tyrion from pouring more wine for himself. And I want to ask you this question because you know my wife. You, you know you know my my wife pretty well. Uh, do you think I could get away with this comment that he did uh, when I start to drink the wine after she kind of waves me off and said, "Listen." I drink and I know things. Do you think that will go over well? Yeah, because I think that it'll go over great. Oh, uh, all right. <laughs> I think that will that'll be great for 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 all for all parties involved. Because I think that you know after this he went and he released the dragons. Right. Right. Which I think that you know it's kind of a go home you're drunk type of move. Right. That's you good just point. you know you have that extra glass of wine and then you're thinking to yourself, you know what? Let's go release the dragons. <laughs> this is a great idea. Yeah. It's kind of like if you go outside and like, I'm going to paint the shed orange <laughs> tonight. Tonight. <laughs> tonight. That is exactly what I'm doing. Is kind of what happens. So, Tier, I think you should definitely do that. Let me know how that works out for you. I will. Thank you. I'll just uh, say Andrew said it was a good idea. Yeah, I'm totally my approval. Uh, so Tyrion does release the dragons. He, he does paint his shed orange in the middle of the night. Um, so what do you think about... Tyrion's speech about wanting a dragon for his birthday. Is there a toy from your childhood that you wish was real? That was a touching story. I was trying to think of toys dating back through my childhood. And the only thing I can remember, like as far back as I go in my brain, for some reason is a talk boy. And as well oh, yeah. <laughs> from like home so, alone too. This but is I, how I, I think about it. This okay. is how I think about it is that Tyrion learning that dragons are real and him getting to interact with them like in that little cavern. It's kind of like if you were walking down the street as an adult male, as you are right now, and you saw a Ninja turtle and it was real. Oh man. And the Ninja turtle Leonardo walks up to you, gives you a high five and then gives you a piece of pizza. Oh my gosh. That is what Tyrion is going through. That feeling of getting a piece of pizza and a high five from Donatello or Michelangelo or whoever it may be is kind of what Tyrion's going through right now. Wow. Like I just my, want people to appreciate that feeling. Mind blown a little bit on that. I think you're right. Uh, uh, who is your favorite uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle? Oh, Leonardo by far. Really? Uh, that makes sense, I guess. <laughs> uh, mine was Donatello. Oh, yeah, go play with your little technology, Donatello. <laughs> I'm the only one ever, I think, that had Donatello as a favorite. But the best part about it, like, I didn't really like the color purple, but the best part about it was uh, you could always create his uh, weapon by just going to, like, the shed and, like, unscrewing the top of the of the rake, and then you've got your bow staff. That's all you need. Like, you guys are over there trying to make your own, like, Numchucks or something. Good luck with that. I'm already ready. I'm ready to go. Okay. So, well, you took you the lazy way out by being Donatello. Hmm. Or the the smart way like Donatello is. So uh, oh, whatever you okay. want to do with that. Okay. <laughs> However you want to take that. All right. Here's another one. Okay. Who had the best kill? Did we go with 1-1 one, one going all Jurassic Park on the Archer or Robert Strong skull crushing Jen Alley's Polly Shore? I'm taking Robert Strong just because it made me laugh a little harder it and it was, was so delicate. It was so, and it was kind of elegant too. <laughs> just a little like, just like, like a, like a barely giving a high five and then yeah. his skull is crushing against the wall. It was the simplicity of it. Like he just kind of looked at him and like tilted his head sideways. Like, huh? 
okay, I'm done here. <laughs> it just smashes it. Um, I was listening to another podcast, and this is what I do. Like on, and I think what a lot of people do on Monday morning, all the people like want to get up and talk about Game of Thrones, but they're going to work, so they can't. Most people don't work in places where you can actually talk about Game of Thrones just like openly. So you're at your like cubicle or whatever, and you pl- plug in your headphones and you listen to a Game of Thrones podcast to try to like, you know, reconnect with some of those things you were thinking about. Anyway, I do that too, even though I don't like some of the podcasts. And one of them, I don't understand what this person was coming from. I have no idea which podcast it was, but the guy goes, uh, you know, I could have, I could have done without the killing, the smashing of the head killing. And I was like, what? threw my hands in the air. I was like, what are you talking about? That was amazing. And so, uh, yeah, it's the, a little, it's a little problematic. It was a little problematic. There's, there's going to, there's going to be some sort of think piece on that. I'm sure coming out soon, but, ugh. That is that person and I could not be further apart on that kill. Uh, okay, Andrew, here's another one. Explain the Iron Island stuff because I have no idea what's the King's Moot. Tell me about this. What what is going okay. on here? So the King's Moot. I want you to. You're into politics. I want you to think about the King's Moot being like the Republican convention coming up this summer in Cleveland. Okay. Uh, except the King's Moot, I think, is going to be. Uh, a little less violent okay. and less violent protests and less bloodshed at the King's moot. Uh, the last time the iron islands had a King's moot, I think only half of the people died. Uh, <laughs> okay. So just think of it in terms of that. So like it's the iron Island people coming together and choosing a new King. Right. That's, that's, that's all it is. So uh, Balon Greyjoy is dead. So they have to choose a new King. Uh, so it'll probably be Euron Greyjoy going for it. It'll be so Yara is up there, right? Yara, and then Theon's going down there too. So That's who knows what what Theon's gonna do? So, so Yara, Yara though, like the whole point was, like there's never been a female, right? Uh, right. Well, that because priest it's... was like, uh, yeah, good. You could try. <laughs> well, it's called King's Moot, so that makes it a little more difficult, I would think, just from like a the terminology standpoint. And here's my point: it's 2016, folks. I think she should run. I hope she wins, and then maybe she can like change the name to like. I don't know, royalty moot or yeah. <laughs> some sort of The term moot. king's moot is a little problematic. That's a little you, problematic. You can read about it on my blog, medium.com <laughs> slash we need to talk about king's moots. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. All right, let's move on. You know, and, Andrew, one thing I noticed about this episode, Team Lannister is starting to come together as a squad. They're coming together as a team. They've had some off-the-court issues, but all of a sudden – it seems like they're kind of trying to make a playoff push. Have you noticed this? I think so. They're they're ready to go. And I just want to make a comparison here, and we do this all the time. It's basically all this podcast is is comparing this to the NBA, Game of Thrones to the NBA. But I think this is the most relevant one we've done. The Lannisters are like the Los Angeles Lakers. Okay. okay. Los Angeles Lakers are coming off the worst season they've ever had, but they're going to regroup. You know, the NBA is more fun when the Lakers are good. Yeah. Just like Westeros is more fun when the Lannisters are powerful. So they've already got another Shaq with Robert Strong. Yeah. You know, he's a good squad member to just to, to go forward with. Uh, and they just hired Luke Walton from the Warriors. So, you know, Luke Walton going lead, gonna to lead the, the Lakers. I think the new coach, the new leader of the Lannister clan. Kevin Lannister. Kevin no, Lannister. Sorry. Right? Where's Kevin? Kevin hasn't been in the I show. Don't know. I hope he uh, the new leader is going to be Tommen. You know, Tommen learned from, he's learning from Jamie, learning, learning from Cersei, uh, just like Luke Walton learned from Kobe, learned from Phil Jackson. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm taking this a little too far. A little but too I think, far. This is what I think. I think Tommen's going to like play a stronger role, going to make some decisions, and because he's the king, he's going to be able to do something. Uh, and I think that. You'll see Tom and start to make decisions more like Cersei. I think we had a, a good scene in this episode where you can kind of get that that feeling. So maybe Tom and takes a stronger role. I think that he'll have him back up into playoff shape with the next couple episodes. I guess we'll find out. Um, before we move on and talk about the gambling stuff, uh, and we have a little gambling stuff to talk about. Uh, I want to talk about a new way of thinking about how we should view this season. And I think we should do it this way is that the quarter or that the, the show is composed of four quarters plus the playoffs. So each episode is a quarter 
And then the last two episodes are the playoffs. I like it. So that means that we should give out the MVP of the season after episode eight. We should do an all-star game or the all-star rosters <laughs> after episode four. Uh, maybe do the trade deadline after episode six. <laughs> I think this is how we should think about it. I like it. I think we should as well. I, I like the idea of having the uh, after episode eight, giving away the MVPs and then having the postseason MVPs. I think that makes a lot of sense because you see a lot happen in that episode nine. So right. that's, having, that's postseason. That's yeah. Playoffs. That is postseason. I agree. Okay. I like this. So, okay. We're definitely going to do that now. Andrew, let's uh, let's talk about some of the the fun gambling stuff that happened on this pod. We are not gamblers. You are the world's best gamblers. Gambling. Forty thousand gold dragons to the champion. Look at the fun we're having. All right, Andrew. The Westgate Westeros Superbook is cleaning up all of a sudden on some of these favorites. Jon Snow resurrected in episode one or two only pays two to one. So all those folks that took the long shots like me are, uh, are, are not going to have, they're going to be tearing up those tickets. what do you think of the, the episode one or two paying at two to one? Well, that's the favorite. And if the book's going to win any money, the favorite has to win on these, uh, the, you know, the other favorite was Roose Bolton. He's number one in the death pool. So if you had Roose Bolton, you only get one point. Uh, and he died, so he pays one to three. So you've got to pay $3 to win $1. Not a lot of people made uh, much money it's on not a, It's not a fun pick. That's not, that's not, not one a money that you're going to be excited about. You know, I have to give you a little credit here because Roose Bolton topped number one our sheet uh, as the most likely to die. And I'll be darned if Roos Bolton isn't the first one to die on that sheet. How about that? Westgate Westeros. Well, I think we put a lot of thought into this, a lot of care into this. We're making, we're just trying to make a good book. Right. Right. But I will have to say, you're the one who said that we should move Roos Bolton to number one over Alistair Thorne. Wait, I I did. I was giving you you credit. No, you did it though. <laughs> yeah, I had I had Alistair Thorne number one and Roose Bolton number two, and, and I told you to switch it. You were like, I think Roose Bolton. Really, I have yeah, no memory of this. Well, you hey, you, you know how I knew that. You know how I knew that. How's that? I heard from Jimmy the Bravosi. Ooh, Jimmy, Jimmy the, the Bravosi. He gave me the tip. <laughs> so the tip. we got to have Jimmy back on. Maybe maybe halftime or maybe uh, during the All Star break. <laughs> there you go. We'll have influence for some second half bets. So just to clean up uh, all, all the gambling stuff, get it all off the table. After a bad start, the Westgate Westeros uh, had with the over 127 second flop. The book is yeah. looking pretty good, you know, cleaning up on the favorites. Ordinarily, um, favorites winning are bad for the book, but not for proposition bets. For so prop here they're, they're making some money. Yeah, they are. Uh, let's move on, Kevin. And, uh, do a segment uh, I call We Need to Talk About Kevin. And actually, the the, uh, the segment's called We Need to Talk About Ramsey. Specifically, this is going to be a psychoanalysis part. Oh. So, Kevin, I want you to to lean back in your chair or just lay, lay, lay on your couch. When you're going to get a pillow, I'm going to ask yeah. you some questions. Uh, and we're going to psychoanalyze Ramsey Bolton uh, because he's an only child. And maybe there's some only child syndrome stuff here that's going on into his being a psychopath. Because I'm an only child. Is this what you're, you're an doing? only child? I am not. And I don't, I don't know these things. So what I did was I looked up some traits of being an only child. And so I'm going to see if these <laughs> are types of things that would lead one to murder their entire family on a television program. Uh, what we learned from this episode is that Ramsey prefers being an only child. And after he did that, he killed his dad his stepmom and his new brother. Mm. So let's look at a couple things here. I just, we need to get inside his mind. Uh, I've learned that traits of being an only child are that the only, these only child children are achievement oriented and they set high expectations for themselves. I would say that's probably true. Yeah. Pretty, pretty, pretty true. Does that lead one into any kind of violent uh, outburst <laughs> where they do anything to get those expectations? I can't say that that is, uh, 
that is reflective in, in my personal <laughs> world. Uh, but I, I, I do see part of that point. I think you are uh, goal oriented. You try to find uh, maybe even tougher goals, let, let them out for yourself. But I don't know that that's just for only children. It seems okay, like now these, these are just traits in only children. That this is from Wikipedia. You know, okay. I'm not, All right. Hey, I'm doing you, some deep analysis here. I know. I understand. You know, peer reviewed and everything. <laughs> uh, the next thing is that only children struggle with patience. Mm, that is totally true. I, I think I, that's true with Ramsey here, uh, that he could have waited to become the Lord of the North, but he didn't want to wait, so he killed his dad. Right. Yeah. I mean, we're impatient just generally. I mean, I wish we could just get through this podcast already. Are we done yet? Are we done yet? Are we done yet? Oh my god! (laughs) Hey, you're the one that put me on this couch, man. You don't, you don't have a knife, do you? Okay. (laughs) The next thing is uh, alone time and/or moments of silence are are detrimentally essential, which means you just need some alone time. Yeah. See, I don't know if this is me. I'm not into that. So, well, Ramsey wanted it so much, he murdered everyone else. Yeah, he did. So he's alone now, except for his buddy, Karstark. Uh, the last thing is uh, he's uh, that only children are really good at keeping secrets. Hmm. I don't know what has what that has to do with anything, but do you think Ramsey has a secret? Yeah, you know, I think his secret is that he actually does have a bit of a tender side uh, from time to time, and we saw that a little bit with Miranda uh, on the table there. Shared a nice moment with her, and only the the you know only the maester was there to see it. And obviously the maester's not going to go say anything. So I think that that was an, a nice moment. Maybe he has a little bit of that inside him. His secret is that nobody can know about it. That's just, uh, and then obviously he snapped out of it pretty quick, but pretty quick, pretty quick, but pretty quick. Know, All right. that's a so, secret. I mean, that'll wrap up our segment of, we need to talk about Ramsey. Just kind of want to get inside his head. <laughs> we don't want to be there. We don't want to be there for too long though. <laughs> yeah, All I right. completely agree. Let's power rank some stuff. The power lies on their side. Go, go, power rankers. All right, Andrew. Today, we are power ranking the worst deaths in the series of Game of Thrones. And this is a pretty brutal list. Uh, Obviously, it was brought on, inspired by Ramsey Bolton's dog attack killings this episode. You put this list together, so I'm going to let you run it down, and I'll tear it apart. So, so you okay? Go well, ahead. don't tear it apart like we do uh, the rat torturing uh, the the tickler guy. Ugh. <laughs> because I think this is a pretty good list. Um, this is obviously inspired by the dog attacks, and it was so bad. The dog attacks were so bad we didn't even see it on screen. Right, but we did but hear we the gotta, sounds. Oh, the sounds! The sounds are the worst. Yeah, they are. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about some honorable mentions. The first one, uh, Viserys Targaryen's golden crown mm-hmm. in season one. Uh, that was the first time I. It wasn't even the Ned Stark death. It was this death where I realized that, you know, anyone can die because I thought he would be a big player, going forward. But then his face got burned off by gold. Yeah, that was a pretty sweet death too. Like everyone was kind of cheering for it. But nonetheless, still a pretty terrible death. Uh, the next one on honorable mentions. Now, some people may argue for this one to be included in the top five, but I did not include it. And that is Shireen being burned at the stake by, mm. his, by her dad, Stannis. Yeah, this one might be in the top five for me. I know you have it just outside. This one is pretty terrible. Uh, that's close. Uh, I'll, I'll let you go on, but this one might be in my top five. Okay, and the other honorable mention is uh, the aforementioned rat torture by the tickler, where the Ugh. rat tears into the person's chest. <laughs> that was that was that bad. was really bad too. <laughs> well, you don't even see that; you just see the reaction of the person. That's bad. But anyway, Still. let's get to the top five. Number five, Joffrey gets poisoned and turns purple. Mm-hmm. I think this one was bad just for the the visual with the turns purple and then bleeds from the eyes and bleeds from the nose pretty bad you know what though it was a pretty quick death all things considered quick think, kind of kind of, i mean i don't know 30 seconds whatever but uh, i think shireen's is worse just my personal list you can have your list but joffrey okay. turning purple and eh, you know he just turned purple right so in terms of what you know so far you'd include shireen over joffrey i think so okay number four let's move on to my number four Marin trance stabbed in the eyeballs yeah by this Ar- is bad 
That was a bad one. That was a really bad one. <laughs> that Aria. was really bad. He deserved it. Like he had it coming. Uh, and so I think most people were cheering it, but at the same time, it was real brutal. <laughs> it was so, brutal. Okay. Yeah. Number three for me is Sir Roderick getting his head chopped off by Theon uh, in season two. And and what I mean by head chopped off is I don't, he just got his whole body whacked. It was supposed <laughs> to be a clean death and it was not because Theon did not know how to cut someone's head off. And he, it was a botched head chopping. You would think that the, the guy that grew up around Ned Stark would know the proper, like you would think that that would be like Tuesday's training course. Okay, boys, I'll gather around. We, we need to talk about today's course. And that is how you properly chop off somebody's head. And then they like, you know, get some straw people out there and practice. Like he, he should have known how to do this. I don't know if he just needed a sharper sword or like a better sword or just wasn't strong enough. I don't know. But, but yeah, he failed miserably at that. Okay. And I think the top two here, I'm not sure there's much argument. You could argue that these should be flip-flopped, but I think these are definitely the top two. Uh, Number two, Talisa Stark being stabbed in the stomach at the Mm. Red Wedding. Yeah, there were a lot of think pieces on that one. That one problematic. Was, that one was Very extremely problematic. problematic. Kevin. Yeah, uh, that would be number one on the problematic list uh, of deaths. But uh, your number one here, I think, makes a lot of sense. And that's my number one is Oberyn getting his head crushed. Yeah, and, and I think that visual of it was bad. But I think what sets it over and puts it number one is the sound. Oh. It's, it's the, the sound. sound, man. The sound guy needs also to, re- to to receive the Lifetime Achievement Award from the VMAs. That guy deserves a moon man, too, or girl. Whoever does the sounds where it's like. They're so terrible. You have to consider all the senses. And so I think Oberyn's number one. Uh, where would you put the Ramsey dog attack from this episode? Does that make the top five list here? I think it does. I think it, it might be number five for me. Okay, so would you put Shireen in over the dog attack, or would you put... Yeah, I don't know. These are all terrible. <laughs> <laughs> 5A and 5B. Let's move on. This is so brutal. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we've talked about that for way too long. Let's talk about something a little more happy. Let's do Step Your Game Up. What you looking at? Step your game up. What you waiting for? Step your game up. Go come on in the dust. Step your game up. Drop it to the floor and just. All right, Andrew. Uh, I have no idea what step your game up is this week. You created this, so I'm going to turn it over to you. Okay, this is not a sound game. This is a name game. So I'm okay. going to give you t- a name, and you have to tell me whether that person, whether that name is a member of the 1947-1948 Chicago Stags basketball team. <laughs> Or a Game of Thrones character. Now, these these characters have not appeared in the show, but they will appear. Uh, they are from the book, and I'm I'm pretty positive that they will appear in future episodes. Uh, no spoilers or anything. But 1947-1948 Chicago Stags. Uh, the Chicago Stags were a member of the BAA, which is the precursor to the NBA. Awesome. Uh, or or a Game of Thrones character. So uh, I thought Stags was appropriate. Yeah. As the house, sigil of House Baratheon. A uh, couple little ground rules for you on this game. I'm not going to trick you with any pronunciations like Samuel Castle, meaning like Sam Cassell. I'm not <laughs> going to do that to you. But I'm not going to give you any spellings uh, because there's like random Ys in names <laughs> in right. Game of Thrones that, that totally give it away. So here we go. 1947-1948, Chicago Stags basketball player or Game of Thrones character? Like number it. one, number one, Arthur Dane. So that one sounds familiar. I Arthur think I remember Dane. that as some knight, right? I think that's a Game of Thrones character. That is a Game of Thrones character. Yes. He, is, uh, he was a member of the King's Guard. Uh, his nickname is the Sword of the Morning. Uh, he's Rhaegar's buddy. I think he's going to be in the next episode. So keep Sweet. an eye out for Arthur Dane, Sword of the Morning. All right, uh, Rhaegar's buddy. Okay, the num number two, the second one. Nineteen forty seven, nineteen forty eight, Chicago Stag, or Game of Thrones character, Mark Ricewell. Mark Ricewell. That sounds like a basketball player 
That is not a basketball. Player. Dang it! This is uh, Mark of House Ricewell. Oh, of course. Um, he is uh, in a northern, northern house. He fought along uh, Ned Stark at the Tower of Joy. So look for that in the next episode uh, as well. Uh, the next person, number three, Kenneth Sailors. That sounds Kenneth like a or- basketball player. That is a basketball player. Yes. He's actually very famous, very famous basketball player. He's a oh, five yeah. ten guard. Five ten guard out of Wyoming. <laughs> he uh is actually responsible for popularizing the jump shot. Oh wow. Uh, I think he's in the Hall of Fame for basically inventing the jump shot. So Kenny Sailors. Wow. Uh he is a nineteen forty eight Chicago stag. There you go. Okay, number four. So you are two for three. Okay. Pretty That's good. Not bad. That's not bad. Pretty good. Let's go to number four. Theo Wool. And I'll tell you his nickname as well. I'll give you a little bit more. Theo Wool's nickname is Buckets. That's got to be a basketball player. That is not a basketball player. Wait, that is come a on. Game of Thrones character. There's uh, nobody a- named Buckets. Yeah, Buckets. Uh, <laughs> Theo Buckets Wool is a companion of Ned Stark at the Tower of Joy. Uh, they called him Buckets because he was a member of House Wool uh, of the Northern Mountain Clan, and the sigil is three buckets on a blue field. Whatever. Buckets. So two for four, Kevin. We've got two <laughs> left. Not doing two so left. Uh, Gene Rock. Gene Rock. Basketball player. That is a basketball player. That is yes. a five foot nine guard. Out of USC, I like how they're all five foot nine. Yeah, hey, Kenny Sailors is five foot ten. Oh, sorry, Kenny. Sorry, Kenny. <laughs> uh, Gene Rock out of USC, he's a Chicago stag. All right, we have one more to go. All right, Frito Frey. Okay, so his last name is Frey. Uh, if I knew how to spell it, that might I'll help. tell you, I'll tell you how to spell oh, okay. it F R E Y. I'll give you that one. Frito, so that's the same Frey. spelling as the one in the show. I'm going to go with, uh, that's got to be one of the sons, right? We're going to go with the show. That is not the oh. show. That is, uh, he is a 6'2 forward <laughs> out of Long Island University. Now, I, I did trick you here a little bit. Uh, he played for the Knicks. That one doesn't count. Chicago Sex. Okay, we cannot count that doesn't one. Count. Well, because he's not Because he played for the Knicks. But I thought it was too perfect because his, his last name is Frey. Frey and his first good. name is Frito. So it's like kind of a we- it's a Game of Thrones name and last name Frey. Name. So I'll say you got you did okay, Kevin. You did not right. do didn't do great. No, I didn't. I, uh, I hope all you at home listening uh, did a little bit better than Kevin. But I, I think this was pretty tough. I that, put a pretty tough one together. That for was you. tough. That was tough. I thought I would do much better. That was way harder than I expected. So whatever. All right, Andrew. Let's move on to the Book of Brothers. Book of Brothers. I've always dreamed about having a brother. All the great needs of all the great kings, girlfriend. That is correct. Okay. Like Sir Arthur Dane, you too can become part of the Book of Brothers. It's very simple. All you have to do is open up that iPhone or iPad or computer, whatever you're listening on. Go to iTunes, hit the subscribe button, leave a five-star rating, and leave a review or comment on there. All you have to do, you can say whatever you want. We don't care. Leave a story. Tell us a lullaby. It doesn't matter. Just leave a comment. Uh, and if you put something in there that you want us to do the Book of Brothers on, we can do that. Or we can make up <laughs> our own stories about you and why you deserve to be in the Book of Brothers, which is what we're going to do right now for four new people in the Book of Brothers. And Andrew's going to lead it off with Steve. Okay, so Steve, his nickname is the architect and his great deed is this Steve the architect was chief political consultant and fundraiser for Euron Greyiron <laughs> who was running for king of the iron islands during the last king's moot with the help of Steve the architect Euron won after starting a rumor that his opponent had a love child with a young woman from the summer isles pretty good yeah pretty good okay Steve, the architect, <laughs> political consultant. Pretty good, Steve. All right. <laughs> All right. I got James. All right. James, the uniter. Okay. So James was a famed renegade sellsword turned mediator 
James the Uniter once settled 400 claims for the Iron Bank of Bravos in one day using methods only he knew how. And after his death, upon his name day, people of Bravo celebrated Uniter Day, or as we know it now, Administrative Professionals Day. Ah, all right. There you go. James. Efficient. James the Uniter. James is efficient. Indeed. All right, uh, next one is John. Uh, John's nickname is Johnny Hustle. <laughs> and his great deed is he leads all King's Landing archers in bullseyes spanning a 23-year professional career. Wow. However, the Maesters refused to allow him into the Archery Hall of Fame after having found out that John was betting on himself in Bravos. Oh, no. Uh, Johnny Hustle claims that he was only betting on the joust, not on archery. <laughs> of course. I can see uh, how he might want to say that, you know, now he's so, just, so. now he's just signing autographs and, and not getting into the hell of fame. Is that what we know about John now? Yeah. He's just at the mall at a sporting goods or sporting <laughs> a, a memorabilia <laughs> store, just signing autographs in Bravos. Yeah. That's too bad. Maybe Johnny Hustle. Maybe he'll find his way onto, uh, onto some media screen for a short lived jaunt. Uh, for a little while until he gets kicked <laughs> off that because he's gambling too much. Uh, okay, moving on to Patrick. Patrick is the arrow lord, and very similarly, he too has uh, a feat with the bow. Uh, famed, of course, for his prowess with the bow, he once stood on top of the Red Keep and single-handedly squashed the Tomato Uprising of Twelve. And what is the tomato uprising of 12, you ask? Well, it's exactly what it sounds like. 12 guys throwing tomatoes at the Red Keep. But still, those were pretty impressive shots with the bow and arrow. Patrick the Overlord. Arrow Lord, excuse me. Arrow Lord. That's pretty pretty impressive. Yeah. We've got some some sportsmen uh, in this, yeah, in this that, round yeah. of, the, of the Band of Brothers. Okay, let's close off this episode with some It Is Known predictions. It is known. No. It is known. It is known. All right, Andrew, what is your it is known prediction for the next episode on Game of Thrones? Mm, well, this is necessarily the next episode, but I think down the line, we're going to see Game of Thrones dip into the history books as it's prone to do. You know, he, George R. R. Martin and, and the showrunners, uh, the writers, you know, pick and choose from all places in history, from, you know, medieval England here, from ancient Greece here, from modern China here, or from ancient China here. Lots of different stuff. I think we're going to see something more recent uh, come in King's Landing dealing with the Lannisters and the Faith Militant and the uh, Greats, or what is his name, the Sparrow. High Sparrow. High, stereo, high Sparrow. Uh I think they're going to dip into uh, 1990s uh, FBI history and take a page from the Branch Davidians Waco disaster. <laughs> so this is what I think is going to happen. I think that the Lannister army or the King's army is going to surround the Great Sept of Baelor. Sure. All, all of the sparrows are going to lock themselves inside, like say, come get us, come get us, because they can probably do pretty well fighting them inside the church there. But somehow a fire is going to start and the whole thing is going to burn down. Now, I think Tommen's going to going to actually say, like, let's burn it down. But there's going to be some speculation on how the fire started. Like, oh, we don't know how the fire started. <laughs> but really, like, Bronn starts it. Like, we know, like, Bronn probably starts it. <laughs> Uh, and that's the end of the sparrows. So the high sparrows, like David Koresh, is that what yes. I'm understanding here? That was like yes. a little bit before my time, but I remember it being like a big thing. Yeah, I, it I remember pretty... being old enough to know it was a big thing. Yeah, like everybody's watching on TV. Like I barely remember it, but uh, I think that it's it's and the the showrunners are a little older than us, and I think that. Uh, George R. R. Martin like just started writing the books like right when that happened. So I think that it's it's fresh in his mind when he's doing an outline. There you go. Or at least coming up with ideas. So I think <laughs> for game for for my sixth book, the Baylor gonna go up in flames <laughs> like the Branch Davidians in Waco. Honor. 
Bummer. All right. Well, my it is known prediction is that uh, Brienne and Sansa are heading north. I think right. That's that's what we understand. And uh, Castle Black. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and we, and Jon Snow is back, of course. And so, uh, I think he's going to get his wildling crew and start heading south. And wouldn't it be a shame if they just like miss each other on the road? Because that happens oh, no. so many times, you know. That, it's no, it can't happen again. <laughs> what if, what if Brienne and Sansa are walking along like, oh wow, that's a that's a big army right there. We probably ought to stay off the road. And they <laughs> they get off the side, you know, watch them pass. And everyone, everyone on the show is just watching. He's like, no. <laughs> that could happen, though. It could happen. It could happen. It's probably going to happen. That would be so brutal. Uh, well, hopefully it doesn't. Anyway, any other predictions before we get out of here? Um, I think that we're going to see some flashback stuff. And I think that, most importantly, the flashback stuff is going to make people think or at least make people see a light at the end of the tunnel about Ooh. how this show could possibly end. Really? I think that's going to be the first step into kind of seeing like, Oh, this is how the show could end. Wow. This is so this has got some big stuff coming up here then. I, but I don't know. I mean, this is all fresh stuff. Like we, we've kind of heard rumors about this stuff uh, in the books at certain points and in the show at certain points. That's just my guess, but Fair it enough. is also, it is also known. It is known. Mimi it is Miso. Known. Mimi Miso. I've been working on my Dothraki. Oh, okay. So we're we ho- we're holding off on the Dothraki lessons until so we we get some more Dothraki. They weren't even in this episode. So look for it next time or we'll the work next on one. that. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. We truly, truly appreciate it. Please continue to go out to iTunes, subscribe, leave those reviews and five star ratings. It helps us to get the podcast out to new listeners, and of course you can join the book of brothers by leaving that comment uh until the next episode i guess uh i'll leave you with bella margolis bella do Hyrus. go out there and make westeros great again folks thank you
win or you die. Dead hole.